Buckle up. You are listening to Musicians and Beyond with Lahorn and Sarabian, our special multi-part series, Under the Covers with Ernie Sheffaloo. And I'm really looking forward to having... What, what the hell is going on? Mark, what is this? An emergency? Mark, are you and Ernie behind this? Because if you are, you guys have some explaining. It's all good stuff, John. It's all good stuff. You need to sit back, sit back, relax, and listen to what's about to happen here. So we've been sitting here and we've been doing uh, under the covers. And so we have some breaking news right here. You know, we have a design set of shows we were planning on doing. John, come back in here. John, get back in here. Thank you. Thanks for having so me back. We, we, we have had a, a set list of how we were going to do the show, but we came across an opportunity to have a gentleman come in and sit in um, studio with our guest, Ernie Sheffaloo. Ivor Levine, who is from Gold Mine Magazine. Wait a second. Wait a second. Ivor Levine? Ivor Levine. The writer? The uh, assistant editor, columnist, writer, um, music historian from Goldmine Magazine. Okay, so him with Ernie, Ernie Sheffalo. Yep. Oh, my God. Together in the studio. Probably the number one resource for music collectibles has done a 20-page series. Probably the biggest layout they've ever done on any of their guests or any one of their columns. And Ivor has put together one of the top programs here, and it's regarding what we're doing under the covers. And it's regarding Ernie Sheffalo is the uh, centerpiece of that and all of his body of work. So they have released a limited series, collectible edition, along with their 20-page series. So, you know, let's go to the studio and see what Ivor and Ernie have to say. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I think everyone at home is going to enjoy it because it not only explores what we've been talking about, but they go a little bit, you know, onto these different uh, branches of the tree, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, Ivor brings a different perspective. And you still get to keep the storyteller, Bernie Sheffaloo, yeah. in the loop. And you know what I like to say? They're going under the covers. Oh, boy. Cool. Let's check it out. I love Goldmine go. Magazine. I love Goldmine. It's a great magazine. I bought things from them. How about you? Yeah, me too. Yeah. I love them. Let's check it out. You know, I, I think that it's a great opportunity for all of us, you know, to talk about this thing. Because I guess it's doing really well. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that they're going to want us to make more prints because they've you know, they're selling pretty fast. I guess two of uh, two of the 10 are already sold out and have been sold. I think it's Aerosmith and the Rolling Stones. Awesome. So I'm hoping that they, uh, you know, a lot of times when you print stuff like that, they, they overrun it, you know? So if they print a thousand or something, they'll print like 1200 or 1500 just because it's, it takes two minutes and, you know, I mean, rather than set it up again, it's always better to have a, about a 5% uh more Ivor yeah hang on there you okay there chill you. out chill out <laughs> well I thought you were frozen in time there for a minute no I'm not frozen in time <laughs> hey uh Ivor and uh John's partner Mark couldn't make it but uh you know John will definitely be able to handle uh us and what we need to talk about he's he's really great so we were just saying that you know that I guess the, the magazine is selling pretty well. And we're, you know, I think that this opportunity to do with musicians and beyond. And, uh, you know, it's really funny because Bob Ingleseepen was a big fan of your show. Of my show? Of your show. Yeah. Of musician. Cause he's a musician as well. Okay. As well as a computer guy and stuff. Well, Ivor too. Ivor plays bass and yeah. a really oh. good bass player, you know, but he's a better writer. You know, so obviously he's not a very good judge of musicianship. 
<laughs> really? Do you think you're a better musician than you are a writer? No. no. I'm a hack. No, you're not a hack. You're not a hack. How would you know? Yeah. You've never but you've never seen I have. Play. I've seen you gig when you put stuff online. I've seen it. You were on there with that uh, band, uh, that uh, guitar thing. What was it? That camp, that music camp that you did. And it was yeah. a, you playing. And then there was a couple of videos of you gigging with some other guys. That was and, when I that was when I played with Deep Purple. Right, exactly. Well, whatever. I mean, you know, you're a good musician, but you're a great writer. And, you know, and, you know, I, I think that I was telling John, I think this would be a great opportunity for all of us um, because, you know, there, it's getting some some buzz, you know, and and, uh, you know, I'm hoping that they want us to do more, <laughs> you know. But again, you know, John Iver, this this whole thing with Goldmine is his baby. I mean, from the writing to pitching it, I had nothing to do with any of that. So I want to just sort of talk a little bit about stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm sure Ivor has some things to say. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of where we are. And if yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we want to do is make it a win-win-win situation. I mean, we'll get, you know, Goldmine Magazine out there to our listeners. You know, we'll get Pacific Eye in Air and, and you guys do the same and we can try to yeah. network it and see. And any ideas, I mean, we're open to everything. So uh, anything, you know, to help each other out is, is perfect. It's like a girlfriend I had in high school once. Right. Uh, you, you shared her with everybody. It sounds, it sounds, yeah. She was, well, the problem was she was everybody's first girlfriend. So. Okay. All right. You every, get what you can. Had, what can I tell you? Every school <laughs> had one of those, Ernie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so John, tell me, tell, tell me about what you guys do. All right. So we have a, um, a podcast. We started about a year ago and, you know, I, just to give you a little bit of my background, I have loved music forever. Uh, my best friend from junior high school happens to be Pat Badger, the bass player for Extreme. So he took me on tour for 30 years, you know, a, a couple weeks here, a few weeks there. And I just go and, you know, like personal assistant stuff, I guess you could call it, but got all the perks of it. Um, tried playing, you know, the guitar, absolutely terrible. So, but I love music. So I always wanted to do something. So, uh, you know, talking with Patrick over the years and, you know, I, I really enjoyed it and I don't like getting in front of crowds, but I love all of the stuff that has to do with this. So, you know, Mark's another music lover and we got talking. I said, you know what, we have enough connections. Let's see if we can do something just as a hobby. And we started it. And then like, it like blew up. We're in 30 something countries. We have, you know, quite a few streams in the thousands now. And, um, you know, we've had some big names. So we get all these people and everyone's just been networking. We had, um, we were busy in the timing of this, like Ernie's big on timing and he keeps saying timing's everything, timing's everything. Well, when we connected with Ernie, the timing couldn't have been better because he was just finishing up a project and we were just finishing up. We had, um, a whole bunch of the contestants from the voice that were using us as a platform. Then we had talked and I said, shit, this voice is over. Yeah, let's take on another project. I started looking into him. I'm like, wow, this is this is a great story. I even told him, I said, you should have a freaking documentary about you. And then That's next, you know, yeah. Well, Mark and I had had talked to Ernie about that. We would like to be involved somehow. The story's unbelievable. And Ernie kept talking about you in all of our conversations in the magazine and in the connections you guys have. So uh, I think it's it's a great you know trio that we got here. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 he's, he's oh, go ahead, Go ahead. 
go ahead. Yeah, he's definitely, you know, he's got, I mean, I always like to tell my editor that when I interview one rock star, I'm talking to one guy. If you talk to Ernie, you're essentially interviewing 30 rock stars at the same time. Correct. Uh, well, I'm I'm very flattered and honored, you know, that both of you feel that way. And Ivor and I, you know, met six about six years ago at the L.A. Uh, at the Forest Lawn Museum show. And he was doing an article for L.A. Beat magazine and we became friends. We bonded right away. And we you know, I had no idea that he was doing this. You know, I mean, not really. I mean, we had we had talked about doing a book after we met and he did the interview for L.A.P. We talked about doing a book and Bob Ingleseepen and I had already started doing the graphics on it and we didn't do any of the writing. So I was, you know, the whole thing worked out where he was going to do all the writing for the book. And he started interviewing, you know, rock stars, started interviewing managers and, and producers like Bob Ezrin. And and that's been going on for what I were about five years. Now? Six, seven years. I don't know. I lost, lost track of <laughs> time, man. So, Ivor, this is a proud moment for you then. You, you, seven years in the making, and then yeah. it's, you know, it's it's out there now. I bought one. I hope it was one of the first ones because every day I would go on a couple of times because I wanted to get number one. I actually emailed <laughs> your people uh, at Goldmine and they got back mm-hmm. Whatever, but uh, I said, you know, I'd love to get a low number, and they said, try back in a couple of days. Try back in a couple of days. So I tried back and finally got through and placed the order. And uh, yeah. hopefully, I was one of your first customers. But I'm ex- excited to get it. He wrote yeah, a great um, article. You know, it's really good. I'm lucky. I've got a. I've got probably the best editor in the business, uh, Pat Prince. Mm-hmm. He takes what essentially is just a bunch of words on a page and makes makes art out of it. Um, and it's really smart the way he's marketed this because originally I thought, you know, you would just get a random copy. Like if you ordered it online, you had no control over what print you were going to get. And he took it and made it so you could specify the exact print you wanted, which is cool. So we can see, you know, who's selling out. Yeah, that's great. Rolling Stones and Aerosmith gone. Yeah. Well, you know, he's, he's been really, really, uh, open. I mean, I, I think I had mentioned to you and Mark that, Iver had gone through and I secondarily, but mainly him went through some real gyrations, getting this thing to print. I mean, because there was a lot of issues about, you know, whether we were talking bad about Craig Braun and using his magazine as a platform to get back at him. And, and the way, the thing that I love about the article, forget about it's me. Okay. I don't, when I read it, I, it was, yeah, it's me, but the way he surprised me and the way he put it together, the way he put it together leaves it open to the reader to make their own decision. It isn't like, well, this guy, you know, when when I would talk about it, it was me. When Craig Braun talked about it, it was him. And John Pache, it's him. And Mick Jagger. But nobody ever really put all those comments and all those directions in one article, in one place. And the way he did it was really, really strategic and clever because it, he left it up to the reader. You know, he didn't draw one thing or another. And it's really only a small part of the 20-page article. It's only about the Rolling Stones thing. It's all the other stuff, it goes unchallenged. You know, we did it. We had, to, at one point, his editor felt that nobody could have done that many album covers. You know, we he wanted a discography. So we came into, and, you know, there's no way he was going to do this because nobody could have done that. Not one person, right? Ivor? I mean, I don't want to take, yeah. why don't you tell him? Because it happened to you. No, well, that's, that's essentially what did happen. Like, as we started getting into this and we were in the proofreading stages, my editor said, uh, you know, I got to verify this. There's no way anybody could have done, could have done more than 200 album covers. 
Which is which is funny because the Grammys, uh, I just learned on the weekend, are giving another friend of mine um, a Lifetime Achievement Grammy, Henry Diltz, for having done over 200 albums. Yeah, and he was the guy that mainly did uh, Woodstock, if you're not familiar with Henry Diltz. I mean, he's done a lot of he's done a lot of live stuff outdoor, you know, and and not I my I remember I was telling Ivor, I remember him or his agent reaching out to us at Pacific Iron Ear, but we didn't really do a lot of that kind of photography. Our photography was more studio photography, tabletop or, you know, a group in a studio in a, in, a, in a situation. We didn't really do a whole lot of stuff. But I remember, you know, his name from back in the day in the 70s. I mean, he was really, you know, he was right there with all the bands, especially the Doors. I mean, he was very close yeah. with them. And, you still, know. still is, yeah. So, uh, but, you know, I mean, the gyrations that Ivor and I went through to get this thing to print were, were pretty amazing. And, and I, I mean, I got to really hand it to him. He did a great job. I mean, I, I was very, when I read it the first time, I was, I laughed, I cried, you know, I mean, it was all those emotions, you know, and then, and then realizing that it's about me is very humbling. It really is. I mean, I never really thought about it the way he saw it, you know, I mean, and, and when we started talking about doing the book, he started interviewing all these different acts and people. And, and, and so, you know, we planned to use it for the book and I'm sure Ivor, you didn't use all of it, but you used some choice pieces and, and, you know, really sort of gives a lot of validation to what he wrote, you know, and, and it's 20 pages. It's a lot of stuff. I mean, I don't know how the hell, and the way he ended it, you'll, re, I'm not going to ruin the ending for you, uh, John, John, but the way he ended it, it was perfect. It, I couldn't have done it better. It was as perfect as you and Mark coming up with under the covers, you know, I mean, cause I, we were talking Ivor about a name for this episodic thing we're going to do. And, you know, I was thinking between the covers, you know, kind of like what we were doing with the book. And they, when they said under the covers, it was like, Oh, that's great. It's kind of, it's almost like a, um, like a national enquirer, you know, you're going to learn, you're going to learn the dirt, you know, and there really isn't any dirt, but you know, I mean, it was just great because it's under the covers. It's the under backstory that you and I, Ivor have been, you know, championing for quite a while now, you know? Yeah. It's a great story. And it's just, you know, it, it needed to be told. And anybody that had that kind of information that didn't tell the story in my mind would just be criminal just to not, to not tell the story. You know, Ernie's got the info. I have the info. There's going to be a book. There's going to be a documentary. This is just the first step. Yeah. And we want to leverage the equity that we get, you know, the, ep the episode things that we're going to do with musicians and beyond the Ernie's corner that I do every Saturday, all those things are kind of linking together to promote, the book and then the documentary. I mean, it may just stop the book. I don't know. I mean, nah. there, there's plenty of stories, you know, and, and a documentary would be cool. Um, and I'm all for it, you okay. know, but I know, I know one thing, I know that whatever I do, Ivor's going to do with me because he's, you know, I mean, nobody understands it. Nobody ever understood it the way he did it. I mean, I, I was totally not expecting the way you wrote that. And he wouldn't share it with me. He sent me this file that was so small that when I blew it up, it was like, looked like bird crap everywhere. You know, all the little flea shit, you know, and I couldn't read it. And he, and I, and you know, he wouldn't send it to me because he said, I want you to read it, you know, in the magazine. I want to be there when you read it. And when I, I honestly, Ivor, and I don't think I ever told you this, I, I never expected it to be the way you wrote it. 
Never. In a, in a, mm. It just, it was so, because I was concerned. I was thinking, well, what if this guy gets uptight or what if those people get up? You didn't do any of that. You you left it totally open. And and the other thing that he's really good at, John, is doing the due diligence to have the evidence. You know, he'd make a great attorney. <laughs> he's got all the evidence. No. I mean, when I said something about this, he go, oh, no, look, I've got this. And he shared with me. He's got this email from like five years ago. And this guy said that. And, you know, and he and he, and he so he can back up. And I'm sure you had to do that with your editor pretty much everything that he's saying i mean you know let's think about it here's it well here's a national magazine with a huge following and a readership you can't make mistakes you can't just go fly off the handle because especially i mean i've seen it going on to some of these stones blog sites and other rock band sites and there are hardcore fans man that challenge everything you know and so for a gold mine to really put their neck on the chopping block, so to speak, with taking a chance. I mean, John, you and I talked about this. Ivor and I know it. It, it. This is a this is a two or three firsts for gold mine magazine. You can see behind me most of the 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 you know the covers that they do are photographic. So they've taken a big risk to do graphic. They've also done a big risk in giving a 20-page article to somebody. The, the other slipcase cover has, what, 15 different images on it. They've never done anything like that. you know. So it's a big thing for them, too. And Ivor, I don't know whether you've seen there. I've had a half a dozen comments on how great it is that they put a graphic on the front cover. You know, I mean, there were a half a dozen of the people saying, oh, this is really great. What a change. And so people understand yeah. it. People realize it, you know, and that's that's nice. That's nice when that happens. Well, that was all you. I mean, you know, we, we sort of discussed it, but it was really, you know. Um, well, you gave yeah, me okay. a lot of, come on, you gave me a lot of, how many different layouts did we do for that front cover? There must have yeah. been 15. I do want him to go, no, 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 change this, no, you know, put this guy, take Tony Orlando out and put this guy in. And, you know, I mean, there's plenty of room. I guess that's one of the nice things about what we've got is we've got a lot of variety. So we're not really stuck with, you know, we're not a one trick pony. We've got, you know, three things that everybody knows and the rest nobody knows and nobody cares. And, you know, thank God for a guy like Ivor that put it into words where everybody can understand it, even me. And I, I was I can't wait to get the magazine. Yeah, it's can't wait. But. But, you know, the, the little bit that I've had in dealings with doing movie poster cover movie posters. And and actually, there was a guy named Paul Pompian who was a producer. He did uh, when the when uh, Burning Bed member with Farrah Fawcett. He did that. And he had a production company, Paul Pompian Productions, and he did a bunch of TV movies he would take headlines out of newspapers there was a guy that raped a girl in central park and then they put him on trial i forget what but he did a a movie on that like tv movie of the week kind of thing he did a bunch of those and and we did a lot of the titles and things but that industry is a crazy industry to itself you know and um you know and it would be great to have you know somebody and i think that was one of the big questions that ivor had with these guys at bulletproof was you know you guys are musicians you have a recording studio a record company but what do you know about documentaries so and there is a documentary that i saw that i'll share with uh, are you john and mark and ivor um it was i was watching um, uh, Turner movie classics and they had this hour documentary and I didn't change the channel before it came on. And it was a guy who did logos. 
a guy, a very famous guy from the 50s, the 40s and 50s. I think he did the CBS logo. It wasn't Saul Bass. And it caught my interest right away, the way they had done it. And it's a perfect template for a format when we do this talk. It would be a perfect thing to do because it was basically him talking about all this stuff that he had done and they'd have inserts and stuff like that. It's kind of like what you did with, you know, uh, musicians and beyond. It's kind of what like Joyce does with, you know, Ernie's corner. And it was very interesting. I mean, it was an hour long and, uh, you know, and, and I, I was familiar with the guy's work, but I never knew who it was. You know, it wasn't with Pushpin studios, but it, it was that era, you know, Melton Glazer and Saul Bass and people like that, you know, my heroes. And this guy was amazing and the documentary was riveting so you know there are plenty of things and there's also some scenes in uh, butch cassidy and the sundance kid where the movie goes from the movie to stills and it goes from color to sepia and mm -hmm. it's telling the story with the music and these stills and then it goes back into live action from the still still then becomes the you know i mean it was really great the way that was done so there are a lot of things that i think that we can use to you know figure out how to do this and make it compelling because those you know we're, we're on our way you know and you know i think that the, the goldmine magazine and what ivor has done is going to be a huge corner block in that and then there'll be musicians beyond there'll be ernie's corner there'll be you know saturday block party and whatever else we do but you know we're I think we're, you know, and again, I'm speaking for me, Ivor, I'd like you to share a little bit of your thoughts about that, but I think we're well on our way, you know? Yeah, so, no, I agree. I don't have anything to add to that, really. Come you know, on, you're a writer. You got to add something. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, a, you know what? I mean, first of all, we told, I don't know, we told the story of six albums. There's, you know, 240 something to go. Yeah. There's a lot of stories there. Yeah. Um in my mind, this is going to be recurring, a recurring piece in Goldmine. It'll be almost a column. Uh, and I've seen a lot of lesser documentaries. Right? Yeah. We could make something really good out of this. Yeah, I know we could. Right? Yeah, there's and a you lot know, of, oh, go there's ahead, a lot of garbage. There's tons of garbage out there. Music-related documentaries. There's some really good ones, and this could be I, one of those. I think for a documentary, talking about a documentary, it'd be a lot like what happened with Goldmine. Goldmine never did anything like this before. There's really never been a documentary about album cover design, and there may be about album cover design, just like there's album cover design books out there that just show album covers. But the, I think the bigger story is if you look at the whole thing, you know, these people that were doing all this rock and roll stuff were also doing work for Nestle and Kraft and Coca-Cola. And, and so I think that there's a, a story that we can tell that none of the other people that have album cover art books and correct me if I'm wrong, Ivor, but I don't think there's anybody out there that's done a book where they show both. No, you know, because they Never pretty much that. concentrate on that. And I, and, and ever since I was in college and, and went to New York, I never wanted to do one thing. You know, if you, you can become really good at one thing and then you become, when it goes away, you go away too. You know, I mean, you become history. It's very easy to become history. We've talked about that before. I mean, you, you do something great and then you live on that, you know, uh, and, you know, make a career out of that, 
you know, and I never wanted to do that. I never wanted to be, oh, you're Ernie Shafu or Pacific Ironier, the guys that did the album covers. Yeah, we did the album covers, but look what we did for Coca-Cola. Look what we did for, for Nestle for 30 years. Look at all this other cool stuff that is educational. So we're actually like these things that we do, you know, Goldmine, you know, Musicians Beyond, Sat Block Party. It's educating as well as entertaining, you know, and that's the key. If we can, I think if we add that element to it, it's going to make it really different. And it's going to make it very interesting, just like this Goldmine article. I, you know, I, I was I've read it three or four times now, you know, and not just because it's me. It's just because it's really good. I mean, it's really, really good. And I knew you were good, Ivor, but I, I, you really, with this one, you've sort of stepped up your game. You, you put yourself at another level, you know, and I guess I, I, I understand that because Pacific Ironier did the same thing without Alice Cooper, without some of the, without the Rolling Stones, without Jesus Christ Superstar, we would have just been another company, but we were smart enough to leverage the equity that we had had in what we had done, you know, and had people like Shep Gordon and Alice and Bob Ezrin and people like that, that really Black Oak, Arkansas, Butch Stone, they just kept pushing us out there, kept giving us work because they believed in us. And that's, you know, I love Ivor for that. He believes, he believes in me more than I believe in myself. And that's, that's a true statement. You know, I mean, he, he understands like nobody else has ever understood. And I've spent a lot of time telling people, but Nobody understands it the way he does. And, you know, I mean, it, to me, that's those are it's like me finding Bonnie, you know, 56 years ago, I found her and we found each other and we were stronger today than we were then. Ivor has a similar situation with his wife, Susan. You know, when you find that special thing and you're not smart enough to really embrace it and, and make it part of who you are and what you do, then shame on you. You know, I mean, people like Ivor, people like you, John, people like uh, Joyce Conroy, you know, they don't come along every day. They really don't. They come into your lives. And if you're it's like the Celestine prophecy. I'm always talking about that book. If you haven't read it, you should read it because it's about people paths crossing. And one person is receiving, the other one's giving and vice versa. And those kind of relationships don't happen a lot in life. I'm 77. There have been very few times that I can think of that were as powerful as this. The Smithsonian show was a good one. But, you know, that was to a music fan audience and there was a lot of spillover. It's like running an ad. You're, you're appealing to a very small percentage of the people that are getting that publication. You know, when we do things like this, Goldmine Magazine is 100% of the target audience, you know, musicians and beyond. 100% of the target audience, Joyce Conway, you know, because she's great. I don't know whether you've watched Saturday Block Party, but she she has a ability to educate. Everything she talks about on her show, every piece of music she plays, she knows the history. She knows the players. She knows where they went after they left that group. I mean, and Ira, you've kind of done that, too. You have that. And John, I, you know, I think your love for music, you and Mark, you have you guys understand that. And that's why you're so important you know, to me and hopefully everybody else that reads or hears what we do and sees what we're doing. I mean, it's all part of a process that is going to get us to the end goal, which is, you know, the book, the documentary, selling artwork, you know, it's all there. Yeah. So well, It's super interesting. Yeah, it is. 
it yeah. is. And, you know, people like you and, and Ivor and Joyce, you, you're making it very possible. Oh. You're, you know, you're taking what's old and making it new again. You guys are doing it. I'm helping, but you, you guys have the reach. Taking what's old and making it new again. And that's the beautiful thing about what we've done, what I've done. It's always going to be new again to the next generation that discovers it. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, that's the beautiful thing about music. Well, that's why I think it's important, too, that you guys somehow get this documentary done, because people 200 years from now have to know this. Yeah, it can't get lost. It's like, no, it's it's important. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, bullet, the guys at Bulletproof, you know, I mean, their whole thing is, hey, man, you're the missing link. You're the missing link that needs to connect this and this, you know, and I never really thought about it that way. But, you know, yeah, there was a what I call the golden age of custom album packaging, interactive packaging, where it does more than just take the record out of sleeve and put it on a player. There's an, there's a whole experience that comes with that music that helps further the music. And, and I've always looked at it that way. And I call it the golden age of custom album packaging, interactive album packaging, whatever you want to do, call it. But that lasted about 14 years. And it'll, and it's still, I mean, I see what people post on Facebook for different acts like Alice Cooper, Burton Cummings. It's always a lot of the stuff that we did, you know, because the newer stuff, maybe the music isn't as good, you know, uh, or the packaging isn't as good or it isn't as clever or, you know, whatever, but, you know, it's a whole different world right now. And, and there'll always be room people. I watched an interview once with Ted Turner when he bought Cartoon Network, because we did a lot of work with Cartoon Network and all the Johnny Quest stuff. And, and anyway, you know, this in- interviewer said to Ted Turner, you know, you've made it, you've lost it, you've made it, you've lost it. What would you say is the smartest thing that you ever did? And he said, without any reservation, car- buying Cartoon Network, you know, because people love nostalgia doing what i'm doing it's and and oh i'm sorry cartoon network and but moreover turner movie classics because nobody really put any value on those old films and then he comes along and buys them for next to nothing and made an entire industry out of that and he said people love nostalgia and it's really true it's really true and especially if there's something that's exciting because not only is it nostalgia for us but there's music attached to it you know famous music famous musicians you know, and the packaging reflects that and, and leverages that equity. So, you know, I mean, I think that that's, you know, a thing that, you know, we're all doing. And and, and I know that I'm excited about it. No, look, I ever put up the, the covers. Yeah, John, there's the one cover uh, is the slipcase cover. And it's got what? I read 15 different images on it. Yeah. Uh, one, two, four by 16, I think. Yeah, yeah, because there's one, one in each corner, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really uh, it's again. They they've never done Gold has never done anything like this, you know. And for me, that's a real that's a real plus because it makes a difference. It stands out, and you know, hopefully the editor will be so excited he'll want to do a follow up. I know Ivor's ready. I'm ready. We got plenty of content. You know, that's oh, yeah. not the problem. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a really exciting last few weeks. I made a, a bunch of food bars that Ivor had to correct me on, you know, because I get too anxious. I, I put the marketing hat on and, and sometimes it's the wrong time to put the marketing hat on, you know, but uh, I think we got through it well. 
And, you know, with his guidance, you know, I think it's going to do really, really well. I, I, I think it's just now starting, you know, and it's exciting. And doing this show, you know, with you, John, is really going to help further that. So, oh, yeah. Know, I'm great. excited and I'm actually honored that I'm a little piece of this puzzle. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, a big piece. you're a big piece. Ivor's a huge piece. I'm just you know, a little guy. You guys are. No, I mean, you know, it's, it's in a back to the timing thing. I mean, it, it all, you came along at the right time, you know, it wasn't too early and it wasn't too late. It's like the three bears, man. This one's just right. And you, you know, musicians and beyond is, is there just at the right time, you know? Um, and I think that, you know, it, I think it's going to, like I said, I think it's going to help all of us. So. Yeah. That's amazing how these things work out. Um, when I met Ernie, I had only written two things. I think <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, no background, nothing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it led to a lot of stuff. So, without Ernie, I probably wouldn't be a gold mine. Well, without without Ivor, I wouldn't have gotten gold mine, and a lot of the other, I wouldn't have gotten LAB. You know, I mean, those magazines really helped. Those when you Google my name, at LA Beats right there. You know, I mean, it's 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 a and the article's really good. I mean, you know, and like I said, that kind of got us started in a in a friendship that's really become very very strong and she's like my brother man you know i mean the guy really understands nobody's ever understood it the way he does you know and i've met a lot of people and i've you know had some articles and i you know i'm not new to this but you know he gets it he gets it You're a little paranoid but he gets it <laughs> but only paranoid because i'm not you know i need it's like bonnie she balances me out man otherwise i you know, I tell people all the time, if it wasn't for her, I'd be living in a cardboard box somewhere in an alley, you know, with nothing. You know, she's really, you need those kind of people in your life. Ivor's one of those kind of people in my life. You know, and John, you and Mark have become that. And 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 so is Joyce with the Saturday Block Party. It's really great. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited about all this. And, you know, I hope that the viewers really enjoy it as well. I know I did. Now keep on reading it over and over again because it's really great. I'll be able to recite it back to you ver verbatim, you know, <laughs> pretty soon here, you know. But Bonnie goes, "Are you reading that story about you again?" <laughs> yeah, you know. she, yeah, she'll get up because I'll wait till she goes to sleep and I'll bring it out and I'll, you know, and she'll, uh, she'll get up and go, "Are you reading that again?" You know, and she you know, read it. Oh yeah, she loves it. She loves oh, it. Okay. I mean, it. It's it's really it's really really great, Ivor. I think it's one of the best things you've ever written that I've read. You know, not and again, not because it's about me, because it's really well written and it's captivating. And John, I think when you get your copy, you'll you'll agree. I mean, it, you know, it, it for a twenty-page article, it flows really well. And the Rolling Stones thing, which is kind of a the major, I guess, focus on the debate here of who did what, is only a very small part of it. You know, and, and Ivor pointed that out to me not long ago that, hey, man, that's, you know, it's only one little piece of a bigger story, you know, and, you know, and he's right. I mean, it's it's a big story. And I've never had a story that big before. And like I said, in one place with the first part of it being, you know, not drawing any conclusions or pointing any fingers, you know, it's it leaves it up to you, which I think is it's a real art all into itself. Because it's so easy to take sides, especially if you're friends, you know, it's, it's, you know, and, and he believes in it as much as I do. So he wants to tell it the way. And that's, see, that's, that's what surprised me, Ivor, because 
I would have written it totally different. <laughs> I would have totally did it different, man. But you did it. You did it in a way that was very eloquent and very objective and informative. And and I think those are key elements into making something that's compelling and that you want to read. You you've captured. Yeah. You have. You know. Yeah. Well, that's all I ever aim for is to is to inform to maybe get a little humor in there, tell a story. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Humor. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. I think it is the best thing I've ever written and not just cause, cause I wrote it. It's just, uh, it's, it's a very compelling story. Yeah. So it's not, it's not me. It's the story. Yeah. It's but you told it in compelling. a compelling way and an informative way and not picking sides. I would, there, there I is, would, I was There's expecting no you to pick sides and you know who would get all pissed off and come out, you know, but you didn't, you didn't. And no, you it's told not all it about like that. it was, you told it that's, like it was. And, and that's just great. You know? Yeah, you're right. Cause that's, that's exactly the way it is. There aren't, there really, there's no sides to take. Yeah. This is how it happened. And there were a yeah. lot of people involved, but you know, the other thing is, is that what I was saying about all of it in one place, when you read about it, usually it's one person's opinion. And they're drawing a conclusion. They're pointing a finger. And that's always how it's been. Because this guy will say something over here. And that guy says something over there. And I'll say something over here. And and we're all trying to make, you know, win over the, the reader, you know, or who's listening, the listener. And, you know, you could have done that. That's what I would have done. But, you 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 know, and, and, and the article probably would have would not have run because your editor would have spotted it right away. You know, and, you know, I mean, so that was, I think, the biggest surprise for me, aside from the fact that we got the covers and, you know, it's a 20 page article with a lot of stuff. Um, you know, you, well, you, you did it. Listen, when you've got Chef Gordon and Alice Cooper speaking for you, you don't need to speak. I don't I, I, don't, I don't need to, I didn't need to say anything. They said it. Yeah. And he kept telling me, John, when this thing drops, there's not going to be any question about anything, you know, anymore. You know, and he's right. I mean, it just I love the fact that you leave it up to the reader. I mean, I can't get over that because it would have not been what I would have done. And the article would have never run. And, you know, I'd have slipped off into oblivion, you know, <laughs> so, but, you know, you did it. You did a great job. So, well, thanks. And John, I appreciate you giving us the time to talk about it. Oh, and no, that's this will be a first. We haven't done this anywhere else so oh, yes. with each other. That's that's great. I have a, a kid that I work with back in 19, uh, well, actually 1960, 1970, when I did Jesus Christ Superstar, I was at, a, at an agency on Madison Avenue called Norman Levitt, and he worked there with me. And I lost track of him. He became a professional football kicker. He played for Pittsburgh or whatever, and, and I had lost track. And he has, he's, a, he's got a small design studio and stuff. And about five or six years ago, we reconnected on Facebook. And he had, when the agency went out of business that we were working at, he was there and he helped the owner sort of take everything down and all that stuff. And he had the original stuff that I did for Jesus Christ Superstar. And he sent it to me and because he found me on Facebook. And then we've been friends ever since. Well, he has, I have a jazz on grass poster somewhere, you know, and I, I could probably get to it, but it's it's a pain. Yes, he's got one that he's shooting for me. Oh, and cool. then I'll, I'll, I'll send that to you. You'll have that. You got the Garden of Eden logo, right? Yes, we did. Yes. Okay. Well, you, we can talk about different situations and stuff that went on in the production of this, starting with 
I could see somebody at Rolling Stone magazine reading this and going, hey, man, you know, this guy, Ivor, he's a really good writer. We should have him write something for us. Well, or I would tell them no. Another another magazine it doesn't have to be Rolling Stone. It could be some other magazine that that is, you know, there are plenty of them all out there. And and your publisher owns most of them. Well, you know what? At Goldmine, he owns Goldmine and about thirty other music magazines. Rolling Rolling Stone had their chance. I will never write for Rolling Stone. No, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The, um, if they called me and. And offered me a ton of money today. I'd say no. Really? Uh, yeah. Yes, I'm. I'm a big believer in loyalty, and I am a writer for Goldmine, and I will always only be a writer for Goldmine. That's great. Well, see, that's something that we can talk about. There are plenty of things that we can talk about, including how we've gone through five or six years to get to here. There was plenty that happened, you know, for us doing the radio shows and stuff together. I mean. There's a lot of really cool stuff. And John, if you and Mark look at this and you realize that you want to make more out of it, we're both into it. So, you know, we can. Like Iva said, this is your story. I just want to be the platform to put it out there. And I'd like to put it out there the best that I can to your liking. Well, I like the fact that there's, it's kind of non-scripted, you know, we're just shooting from the hip and I, and it's spontaneous. And I think people will like that. You know, I mean, that's I think the interaction is what makes it interesting, you know, where we hear what Mark has to say. We hear what John has to say. We hear what Ivor has to say, what I have to say. And I think that exchange, you know, if people like, you know, and because I, I actually said to Ivor on Friday, I said, well, let's get together and you and I will rehearse, you know, <laughs> He said, what are you going to rehearse? We already know what we're doing. What are you going to do? You don't have to rehearse, you know? So, I mean, he's right. I like the spontaneous part of it and also further it. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, you know, so, and I think that Goldmine would like that, you know, it would be really interesting to get like Pat to say something, but maybe he won't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's something that, you know, he might be interested in, you know, when Ivor came to me with this idea, it was so different than everything else we did. I don't know. That's up to you, Ivor. That's he's your editor. You're the one, but I mean, I could see how this could involve a couple other people if we wanted to somebody well, that he would, does, you know, it's something that you might sure. want to offer up, you know, that I yeah, mean, if Rolling I mean, Stone and Aerosmith is sold out and there's only 20 of each, right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there's 200 of the slipcase covers. So, yeah. you know, and that one's doing really well too. So, you know, hopefully, you know, in a week or two, they'll be excited and want to do more or whatever. And maybe, oh, yeah. that's, maybe that's when you mentioned to him, Hey, you know, we're Ernie and I did this thing with musicians and beyond. And it's really great. Cause he can talk about Goldmine magazine and it's his audience. Yeah. You know, and it's different than the one that he's doing and you could leverage, you know, equity. I mean, I'm a big equity leveraging guy, you know, you got to, you know, today you have to yell and scream. You can't whisper. People's attention spans are way too short. And, you know, I tell my clients that you want to do something, you got to yell it. You got to yell it. You got to keep pounding them in the head, but you got to reach out there and grab them, start punching them. So they recognize, they remember you, you know, because it's easy. It's just boom, 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 boom. And, you know, if you can catch somebody for a few minutes, you're doing well. You know, in print, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more subtle and it lasts forever. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is great. I think what we've talked about, you know, is good. I think it interacts. Man, he's a man of few words, but when he writes, he's many, many words. Yeah, true. Yeah. 
They yeah. cut his article down too. How much did they cut down of it, Ivor? Oh, I don't know. I think it was thirteen thousand words, and they cut it down to like four, something like that. Really? So, but the good yeah. news there, John, is that when it goes online, it'll be the whole article. Oh, cool! And, that, and that's another thing that we can boast. You know, you got the magazine, but you didn't get the whole story. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be aired on the internet as it's coming up, and that'll be about a month, right? You said a month or two later. They don't do yeah, it right away, right? Six weeks, I think. It's actually yeah. a great marketing strategy. Yeah. I yeah. Like exactly. I'm glad you said that because every time I say that to Ivory, says, take that goddamn hat I put, off. I put the marketing put on the, put on the art hat, damn it. You know? So, but yeah, I know you're right. I mean, for me, the ultimate goal is to sell more magazines. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, to, and get your name out there. And same with me. I mean, get the story out there. You know, that's why I'm, I'm so willing to do these things because. You know, I'm 77, man. I'm, you know, if I live another 10 years, that's going to be great. You know, I mean, if I can live more than that, I'd like to live another 100 years. But, the, you know, the only problem with living, I had an aunt that was 103. And it's great to live to be old. But the bummer is, and the ironic thing that life plays on you is you watch all the people you love go. And you're there. And she was at 93. She didn't know who we were. She was healthy. But she didn't know who she was half the time. She had, you know, I mean, it's just life is a funny thing. And I think it's there to be enjoyed as long as you enjoy it. And once you stop enjoying it, you know, it, it's a downhill slide from there. People tell me all the time, oh, man, you don't look 77. Well, I don't feel 77, you know, but I am. And, it's, and, and sometimes it shocks me, you know, it really does. I'm like, fuck, 77. Are you kidding me? God, that's old. <laughs> I remember being 14 and I had my next door neighbor, Donnie Spoloni, who was 27 and he had a car and he shaved and he smoked and he had girlfriends and it was awesome. And now I'm like four times older, three times older than that. And it's like, oh man, you know, so cool. (laughs) So, but anyway, you know, it keeps, it keeps us young. I don't want to hog the mic. Well, too late for that. Yeah, I know. huh? I know. It's hard to keep under wraps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we take this moment to bring you a special broadcast. This thing is happening, you know, and we've got the guys that did it, you know, and, and that's not really being done anywhere else. Ivor and I have been talking about doing something like this for uh, about two or three weeks now. And for some reason, it kept putting on. Oh, he couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. We didn't want to do it together. We're gonna, and all of a sudden you came along and this happened. And here we are. And all that stuff happened for a reason. The reason why it didn't happen before, because we were just going to talk about it and then he was going to record it and put it on Facebook. And that was what the plan was. So now we can put it in a lot more places than that. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that we are onto something here. You know, I really do. As I, I, as I put the marketing hat back on, I mean, we've got a a good percentage with Goldmine. We got a hundred percent of the audience with your podcast. We have, 100% 100% of the audience. It's appealing to those people. That's a hard thing to do. As a marketer, you know, you know, 100%, even to have 20% of your market in whatever you do, whether it's print or video or whatever, that's a big thing. They boast that, you know, and that was the, the most compelling thing for me about Goldmine, aside from the fact that it was, I were writing it, it was a story about me and my company, was the fact that there's no, there's no spillage. There's nobody that isn't a fan or a collector, you know? <clears throat> and so for me, I mean, that's, that's, that never happened. It's never happened for me in 52 years of advertising 
and marketing and promotion and graphics. That has never happened before until now. And that's key. That's really key. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's hard to believe for me. And I keep pinching myself. I get up every morning and I wonder what day it is. And then I wonder what what I had for dinner last night. And then I pinch myself to make sure I'm still alive. So <laughs> Timing. So, yeah, yeah the under the covers, um, the way it's set up is kind of a, a nice model to use for your documentary. Yeah. And so, Ivo, what we did is we started when he was a kid, you know, where he went to school, what he did as a kid, blah, 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 and kind of blocked it. And now he had, you know, just... He had met Bonnie and stole, stole her from his friend. and Yeah, oh, and then now I'm going to New York, you know, and then New York. back here. And, hey, who's going to be in it, what it's going to look like, what angle it's going to be shot at. And that's what, kind of what we did here, Ivor. We, they started by putting together a, like a timeline and gave it to me, and then I sort of filled it in and made it flow a little bit better, like you did with the article. It flows. That was the other thing that was so impressive to me. Over 20 pages, it flows. You don't... It's not choppy because Ivor said to me at one point, well, the editors, usually he gets what I write and then he chops it and, and you know, cuts it up. And so he told the editor when he gave it to him, he said, if you're going to cut this up, cut, cut things out, you know, don't chop things in half and, you know, leave it hanging and stuff. So, and, and I think he took that, you know, I think yeah. he took that comment really well because it, it doesn't, it does, it's not choppy. Yeah. Yeah. I told him, uh, yeah, if he's going to chop things, chop an entire album out. Yeah. Don't don't take bits out of each each album. Yeah. yeah. So and to go from thirteen thousand words to about four or five thousand, that's quite a chunk. Yeah. <laughs> and he sent me, oh, you know, I've read I've read the uh, initial uncut version, the director's cut, so to speak. And uh, it's really it is, it's really good. It it's it it keeps the flow and it keeps your interest. When something flows like that, people stay involved. You know, it just does. It makes you want to see more. It makes you want to read on. It makes, you know, I mean, it's just, that's why they do trailers for movies, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I think we've got a, 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 we talked about a lot of good stuff today and, you know, let's plan on doing more, but I'm from Cal, I'm from Milwaukee to California to New York and back. Excellent. Milwaukee. Yeah. I was born in Milwaukee. Schlitz beer. <laughs> My mother worked in the Schlitz beer factory when she was, you know, younger. Really? Yeah, yeah. Pretty wow. interesting. Yeah, I got a lot of relatives in Milwaukee. And then they, my, we moved to, our part of the family moved to Florida. And my uh, my dad's brother and my mom's sister moved to California. This is like 1946, right after the war. And uh, And then, you know, my dad's brother kept luring him out to California. Better weather, you know, the building industry is booming because the war's over. Now they're building track homes like crazy. That became a big thing in the, in the 50s. Everybody could get a home because they had all these GIs and GI loans. And so they were building track homes. And, and so my dad moved us out there and moved to San Jose in 1950. You know, it's pretty crazy. Small little town and became huge. Well, at one time, it was the fastest growing city in the country. So, And then Silicon Valley came along and just trashed it you know? no no that, that's silicon valley silicon, silicon. valley is oh, silicon is the the silicone glue yeah no silicon, silicon whatever the hell it is my silicon. brother was, my brother was one of the original six that left fairchild to start into, into i know and yeah. we won't talk about the other guy that lives in long island yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so all right well pleasure meeting you ivor hey you too
forward yeah. to doing stuff with you guys in the future. And Ivor, thank you for taking time out of your day. And John, thank you. Thank you. you know, and give Mark our regards. Take care. Take care. Thanks, guys. guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye.